Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. This podcast is about a community of women who are rising above life's difficult circumstances and taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. They are using their gifts to impact the world for Christ. And this podcast is to help other women find ways to take action and use their gifts to impact the world. Do you have great ideas swimming in your head, but no idea how to sort them out? That's where my friend Krista Hutchins comes in. She's an author and a project manager, and her business and ministry is Do A New Thing. She helps women simplify all things complicated by creating a doable plan of action for all things meaningful. What she shares will encourage and inspire you, so listen in as I have a chat with Krista Hutchins. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I am excited to have my friend with me here today, Krista Hutchins. She uses tough grace to equip busy communicators and leaders with project management and problem-solving skills so they can turn their big ideas into a successful ministry or business. She's an accountability person. She really loves to see accountability, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and what that means. She lives in South Louisiana with her husband in their delightfully empty nest. I can relate. We're empty nesters as well. (laughs) Yes, but my children get very offended every time they hear someone say delightfully empty nest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome to the show, Krista. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Great. And I met Krista at the Spark Christian Podcast Conference, which Mm was awesome. It was an amazing time to get to connect with people and talk about podcasting, which is fun. And Krista, I would love if you would share how you are taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Sure. It was great to finally meet you at Spark because, you know, we've kind of been around each other on the online world for a while. So it was delightful to meet you there. Um, So yeah, I um, am a project manager, a chemical engineer by degree, a project manager in my career. Um, I've been doing that in the chemical and construction industry for the last almost 30 years. And so I really always thought that that's what God had for me. I did well in my career um, for many, many years. Uh, I flourished and thrived in that male-dominated environment for a long time. And I thought that what God had for me was to be the bright light in the corner office in this dark world. And so I, I thought that's what God's plan was for me. And then as I approached my empty nesting years, um, and, you know, of course, I had been doing all those things in church. I had been doing youth ministry, working with when my kids were in there. I had done mission trips and all kinds of things in my church. And I asked God, you know, what What would you have me do now, God? What do I do with my time now that my kids are gone? And it's not all about serving where they are because I want to be with them. And God surprised me. He gave me a very unexpected answer to that prayer. And um, so he led me to volunteer as a small group leader for Proverbs 31 Ministries online Bible studies. Nice. And I was very comfortable online. I have done, you know, I had been in forums for a lot, many, many years, just very comfortable in that space. And so I was like, okay, the online part I'm fine with. (laughs) It's the women's ministry part. Lord, I'm not sure you are talking to the right 
girl here, right? Because <laughs> like I said, I had been in this male dominated field for so long and I was very comfortable in that environment and large groups of women really intimidated me. And I was like, I can't believe you're asking me to go serve in women's ministry. But off I went, I did, I served there and I still am now, I'm on the executive team for online Bible studies um, where we lead Bible study for hundreds of thousands of women every year. And we have over 250 volunteers that I'm part of the team that manages. And so um, through that, I began to see that when they all of these really wildly creative women, authors and speakers and bloggers and just women who had these great big dreams for God, but they were stuck because they didn't know what to do and they didn't know what to do next. And I found myself always being the one to be the figure outer, you know, the, the doer of things, someone called me, which is where the name of my ministry came from you know, doer of all the things, just I could help people figure out what to do next. What are the next steps? What, how do you technically do it? And then what does that mean down the line? And so that's where my passion came from, um, is that I saw that God could use what he had prepared me for in my career with my project management skills, that he could use it in ministry. And I think where my conviction came from was that I saw these women who were just so frustrated, and that is what broke my heart. And I had did have such compassion for them and wanted to be part of helping them bring forth what God had really called them to do. And so that is when I started um, do a new thing where I um, serve. I really had nothing, no specific agenda when I started. The only thing I kept hearing from the Lord was serve my girls, mm. serve my girls. And so that's, that's what I do through do a new thing. It is a business, but it's kind of a ministry business type of a thing um, where I do coaching and project management um, to help with uh, leaders and communicators help their big ideas become all that God um, called them to do. So, so yeah, that's my story. That's kind of a, kind of what I do. I love that. That's an amazing story. You're like this God catalyst where he kind of like helps you to help women move forward. There's nothing that brings me more joy than to hear women say after they've, you know, worked with my coaching or one of my courses or mastermind where they say, you know, I, I'm able to do something that has been on my heart for years to do. You know, I've wanted to write a book for 20 years, but I've never had the accountability and the structure and the momentum to do it. And to hear and to see that joy is so exciting for me. And I'm so honored by every woman who allows me to be part of her journey. It's just, it's just an amazing place to be and to watch God work. Nice. That is so exciting too, especially from coming out of a background of working in the field where maybe so many men mm -hmm. work, like you say. And now he says, guess what we're going to do, Krista? Yeah. You're going to be in women's ministry. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I still get a little nervous on that part of it. I'm really good with small, you know, with small groups or one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. for sure, but large groups, you know, like Spark and conferences like that still bring out that insecurity in me, you know, and so I have to still work on that. But, but yeah, I love serving, um, serving God's girls and, and helping them do what they, what they're called to do. Yeah. And thank you for saying that about being in large groups and feeling a little insecure because so many women experience that. And so you can totally understand it and can help them, you know, with those kind of things. Yeah. I think it's so normal. And I think so many of us 
we've can we've learned how to operate in that environment and so people see you and they don't think that you have the insecurity or that you are are nervous or you don't feel like you belong because you've learned how to put on that mask mm. you've learned how to pretend like i say i learned how to pretend to be an extrovert you know <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i can pretend like i'm one and i'm literally pretending like i'm one when i'm in those situations mm. and i think that you see somebody like that and you don't realize that everybody is pretending in that way yeah. um and so it's it's a safe place to be when you realize that you're not the only one. Yeah, that's cool. It's like they say, yeah, if you're the one that feels that way, look for other people in the room that feel that way and mm -hmm. go talk with them. I experienced yeah. that too. I'm, yeah. I'm introverted. I never heard that term before. What is it? Ambivert or whatever, where you're yeah. a mix. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm that anymore. I think I yeah. am totally introvert, but I do love people. Mm. So, and I love to help people and encourage people. So that is something that excites me. Yeah, and I, I love one-on-one -on -one people. Like if I'm at a place like that, where the place you'll usually find me is in a corner talking to one person. <laughs> you won't find me in the middle of the room talking to a whole bunch of people at once. I was going to ask you about Proverbs 31. That's really exciting. How did that door open for you? I had heard Lisa Turkhurst talking on the radio. It was back when they had a radio show. I had just finished reading her book, Made to Crave, and that was a big part of my journey at that point in my life. And while she was there, she announced the next study was going to be a study called I Used to Be So Organized, a book by Glennis Whitwer. And we were building a new house, and I knew I wanted to do a lot of organizing. So I said, oh, I'll take this. And so it was during that study that then I felt led to be a small group leader and just offered to be a small group leader in the next study, so which was Lisa's book, Unglued. So that has been just such a blessing and it's just such an, uh, it's been such an honor to be part of it because I started back when it was, you know, we were very excited to have 20,000 people or 15,000 people in a study and now it's all, it's usually in the 60 to 100,000 range and so it's been so amazing and if you, if you don't know the story of how the whole, that part of the ministry started, Melissa Taylor was the receptionist at Proverbs 31. And she went to Lisa and she said, look, life is busy and I can't, you know, I can't attend my Bible study at my church. Would you let me have a little bit of staff time to do a online Bible study on my blog using your book Made to Crave? And Lisa said, well, how many people do you think you could get? And I think Melissa said something like, you know, I think I could probably get like maybe 25 or 50 or something, some really low number like that. And Lisa said, okay, well, double your goal and I'll let you do it. So it was like her goal, I think was a hundred maybe. They had to cut it off at 2,500 people because that wow. at the time was all she could get for free on MailChimp to send out the emails. <laughs> wow. And so, and it's just grown from that. So again, mm -hmm. she didn't have any big vision that she wanted to lead this organization of 200, what became 250 volunteers. All she wanted was to meet a need in her own life and, and allow people to be part of that story with her. And so it's been such a privilege to watch Melissa grow as a leader, for her to bring people under her who have grown as leaders and developing all of us as a team as leaders. So it's been a fantastic, a big part of my life. I, I really love serving there and, uh, and I'm so thankful for every volunteer that we have um, who serves with us. We could not do anything without 
with our volunteers who, mm-hmm. who just love on people and want to see women be able to study the Bible. That's, that's what it's all about. That's amazing. That is so precious. Mm. What you do, Krista, with your do a new thing? Well, I do uh, one-on-one coaching and I do group coaching through a mastermind and I have a few courses, but mainly I come alongside women and the biggest thing I do is take all of the big tornado of ideas, all the things swirling around your head. I could do this. I might do that. That expert said to do this. This blog post said this is the way you do it. And it all just gets scrambled up in your brain. And in my brain, those things line up like little soldiers waiting for their turn. And so I can help people take that crazy brain thing and create a very specific plan. First, help them filter out um, the things they don't need to be doing. Often people will ask me, you know, will your mastermind or can your coaching help me get more done? And my answer is usually no, it cannot because you are already doing too many things. Mm -hmm. Um, What it can do is help you figure out what are the important things that you do need to be doing, how to disengage and put away all those things you don't need to be doing, and then make a plan to make forward progress towards your goals. So that's the main thing that I think is what I love doing. That's when the light bulbs go off for me too. And I get all excited when I see people have a plan that they say, okay, I can do this. They've gone Mm -hmm. from, I can't figure this out. I don't know what to do. I've literally had people say, I'm sitting in front of my computer in tears, ready to shut it down because I don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Going from that to being able to say, ah, I can do this. I can do this. And so that is just, that is so precious to me and so exciting. I so love good. that part of it. So good. Yeah. It, things can be so overwhelming. When you were talking about that, I got this picture in my mind of, you know, those word clouds mm-hmm. that are like just words everywhere. Yeah. And then yours just like nice and neat and lined up yeah. and in order. And <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. that's amazing because it is hard. And when things get overwhelming, we just like want to throw in the towel. Mm. Yeah. So many people have because they just, it, it was just too much. It was too confusing. And so the other thing I really enjoy helping people is in setting goals that are reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we get too smart with our smart goals mm-hmm. and we make them very specific and we make them so specific that if we don't hit that very specific target, that we then feel like we have failed. Mm-hmm. And so I really help women set goals that what I call peace goals instead of smart goals, peace goals that are focused on the progress and the process instead of just on the result. The results really don't measure the value of your idea or your work or what you've done. The results only measure how good your methods were. And so, but their goal should really be the progress and the process and enjoying the process, what you learn, what you grow, what you did accomplish, not on whether or not you made that very specific target. Wow. I love the peace goal. Yeah. (laughs) Who wouldn't love that, right? Yeah. That's great. And then also when you were talking earlier about how women are so overwhelmed and they just want to shut it all down, you help them breathe. Mm. Like you give them room to breathe. That's amazing. How many projects have gone just by the wayside because women gave up too soon? Yeah. Because they didn't have Krista. (laughs) You know, they didn't keep going with whatever it was that God was calling them to do, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think too, we, we have so many voices. 
And that's another thing that I, I encourage women to limit some of those voices. There's so many experts. And if you listen to all of them, you're going to hear conflicting advice. And it's not that any of that advice is right or wrong, or that one of them is right, the other is wrong. They can all be right for the right person in the right context and the right time. So the hard part is finding the one or two or three voices that are really speaking to you, where you're at, at your level, it consistent with your faith and values, consistent with what's important to you, and then engaging with them. And I don't mean following as in following everything that they say and doing everything that they say, but but using that, a smaller group as the voices that speak into what you're doing instead of letting the whole orchestra speak into you. It's just too much um, when you try to get too much input. Yes, it is so noisy sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what great advice. That is just wisdom from the Lord for sure. You know, that <laughs> is so great to just focus on a few things because not everything is for everybody. Right, right. And sometimes I'll open my email and I've, I've really had to unsubscribe to a lot mm -hmm. of things because I probably subscribed because I watched a webinar or mm -hmm. somebody recommended a person. Oh, this person is good. You should follow them. And now sometimes it came to the point where I was like, I don't even know who this person is. Like, who are yeah. they in my inbox? Right. So, so yeah, I've had to do a lot of that. And so I totally understand what you're saying. And so great to help women to be able to do that. So how do you usually begin with a client or how do they usually set that up with you? You know, through my website, I've got a contact form, you know, with people reach out to me and we set an appointment. We start just by hearing what God's given them to do, what goals and dreams he's given them. And then we make a plan for the month. And then we kind of, I send them a written thing. These are the things, your targets for this things this month you're going to work on. And then I check in with them. I give them, but you said tough grace accountability. Mm -hmm means I check in with them every week and um, say, okay, these are the things you said you were going to do this week. How, how did you do? We have an email exchange every week and they let me know. And we talk about, okay, what things did you accomplish? And then we celebrate those. And we talk about which things you didn't get done and why, so that we can try to figure out how to get them done next week or how to, you know, what barriers, how to remove the barriers that kept you from doing what you felt like you needed to do that week. And so the accountability part and those week, those check-ins every week by email, I hear so many times people say, I, I just did it yesterday because I knew you were going to check on me today, you know? So yeah. accountability works. Accountability mm -hmm. absolutely works. And I think it's one of the missing pieces that a lot of people don't have. There's a lot of material that you can get used for creating goals, creating plans from your goals but accountability can sometimes be the missing piece that you need to really stay on track with those things you committed to do. That's so important and so true. And I'm sure a lot of them don't want to disappoint you either because you both worked hard, you know, right. to develop these things. Yes. <laughs> yes. They don't want to, you know, waste time and waste yeah. your time. Um, the other value I find in creating a plan for the month or a plan for the week is that it's basically a time of pre-deciding what you're going to do because you know what it's like. You're busy, you, you know, you have a job and, and, a, and a career in ministry plus the podcast, plus your writing. You have so many things to do. So when you have some time and space to sit down and work, if you sit down to work and open your laptop and then think, okay, what am I going to do right now? 
um, you've just wasted half the time you had available trying to figure out what you're going to work on. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have a plan for the week that says, you know, in this block of time on Tuesday, I'm going to do these three podcast notes this week in this time frame, I'm going to create these four graphics, you know, um, very specific, not just blocks by topic, but specific tasks that you've assigned to those time periods. That is what I call, I'd say that's where the magic happens. When you can take your to-do list and assign it to a time period in advance so that when that time period comes, you just sit down and start working. You don't have to waste your time figuring out what to do. So to me, that's the value of creating a plan for the week. I do sit down on Sunday evenings. I have a small Facebook group where um, I have other people who like to do that kind of planning for the week. They And we have a weekly Zoom call where we just bring our planners and our to-do lists and our calendars, and we just are sitting there together. It's quiet. We're all working on our plans, but we just show up together to make sure we get our plans done for the week and pre-decide what we're going to do so that when those bits of time make themselves available, we know right where to start. And it, it really saves so much time and so much frustration. Hmm. I love what you were talking about when you were giving direction, what you need to do. Like instead of sitting down trying to figure out what to do, Mm -hmm. when people already know what to do. And also what I love about that is that then they don't have to feel guilty that they're not doing something else. It's like right. mission. It, yeah. It's like you have pre-decided and determined what you're going to do during this time period. Mm -hmm. The other thing it helps you do is it helps you filter some of those other opportunities that come up during the week that can intend to distract you or derail you from what you had planned to do. I often tell people that um, you need to apply the doctor appointment test. Take the time that you have set aside to work on whatever it is you need to work on and treat it like an important doctor's appointment. Mm. So if a friend calls you and said, hey, um, let's go get coffee during this time, would you cancel an important doctor's appointment to go have coffee with that friend? Wow. Well, if it's, if it's just to catch up with her, no, you wouldn't. You would say, um, hey, I've got, a, you know, I've got to go to the doctor. I've got a commitment during that time, but can we have coffee on Thursday instead of today? That would work. And then you, you, know, you make that plan. On the other hand, if your friend called you and she was devastated because she had just lost her job and she wasn't sure what she was going to do and the money was going to be tight and she really needed some, someone to comfort and to pray with her, would you try to reschedule that doctor's appointment? Maybe, mm -hmm. right? And so you may reschedule the appointment in order to spend time with her, but you would do it knowing what the consequence was. If mm -hmm. I spend time with her, I'm not going to be able to do these three things that I have planned. Now, when am I going to do those three things? Mm -hmm. So you can make those type of decisions with intention and understanding what the consequence is before you just spend the time without thinking all of that through. It really helps you filter all of those opportunities that come along and threaten to derail or distract you from your purpose. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that because it's direction in, like you say, being intentional and weighing not only what's happening right at this moment, but how is it going to impact the end result of if I can't get this done or 
Right. And it still leaves room for the Holy Spirit to move, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think we definitely want to always be open to those divine appointments that God has for us that we didn't know or could never have conceived of when we sat down and did our plan for the week. And, um, and I definitely am not one of those people who ever wants anyone to be so strict about their plan and their box that if they don't check off all their boxes, they feel like they failed. Mm -hmm. What I do want them to be able to do is weigh those decisions and say, okay, Lord, is this a place where you want me to put my check boxes aside and do this new opportunity you've put right in front of me to minister, to serve, to support, to help, to encourage? Is that where my time is now? And that's okay because I say I like to make plans so I can be flexible. I'm more <laughs> comfortable being flexible when I know what that's going to cost me and I can move it aside and not feel like I've just like thrown, you know, thrown the planner pages in the trash can. I haven't done that. I've just made an intentional decision to follow what God's leading me to do in the moment, but at the same time, understanding the cost of that. Yeah. I love how you said that being open to being flexible mm -hmm. and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead because then you do, you get that confirmation and that peace that, you know, like, ah, uh, I am so glad mm -hmm. that I met with this friend today. And there is a big difference. Like you said, if it's a, a great need that the friend needs you to be mm -hmm. there, or if it's just to chit chat, you know, mm -hmm. and so right. weighing the value of that, that's right. amazing. Right. So what would you say is your, your specialty? Like, what do you feel most gifted toward in the specific parts of what you do? Making complicated things simple. Sometimes it feels like I make simple things complicated, though, because <laughs> I make put a little a lot of steps in there. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, I I think I like to make things that feel complicated feel simple, feel doable, Love and that. and I think that's the part that that I really bring. Love that. Yeah, that's so needed now. No matter what the age or what kind of work people do, it's something mm. that's so needed across the board. And yeah. so how can someone get in touch with you, Krista? How can they connect with you and get more information about how you can help them? Um, you can visit my website, doanewthing.com. And I have um, a, a contact place there. There's information about working together, probably four years worth of blog posts mm -hmm. um, there on the site of just different topics around leadership, around um, online ministry, around effectiveness and productivity. So there's lots of free resources there on the website. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as at do a new thing. So you can find me in any of those places. Awesome. I would love if people would connect with you mm. and I'll put all of those links in the show notes so people can find you. And I think there was something too that you wanted to put out there, a worksheet or something. Um, yeah, I do have um, an accountability worksheet. What I'll do is I will actually create a special place on my website. Um, it'll be doanewthing.com slash fierce. Mm -hmm. and I will make a special page for your listeners to come and they can download the accountability worksheet. So it's a good worksheet if you're going to have an accountability meeting with an accountability partner or a mentor or, um, or just a friend who's going to work through some things with you that will help you frame your thoughts as you go into that accountability session. So I would love to give you guys that as a free download. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. And what a blessing to talk to you today. You sure have a fierce calling oh, to help you. You know, other women to see them succeed in what God's calling them to do. Yeah. And it's just amazing to see that, you know, he will use you in such a way that it helps just advance the kingdom. Yeah. yeah thank you so much. Awesome. Well, was there anything else if you could share one thing with the listener before we go that you would want to share? I think I, I want your listeners to know that they are amazing and that God has gifted them with a purpose, whether that is in ministry, whether that's in their home, in, a, in the business world. God has a place for you. The place that he has for you matters, and he wants you to pursue that fiercely and um, and with all your heart and that you are enough for what God has called you to do. Wow, that is so encouraging and something that we all need to hear, but I know that someone needed to hear that and God knows who will be listening. It's a divine appointment. Mm-hmm. And so thank you so much, Krista. I hope to have you on again sometime. Mm-hmm. I would love to. Thank this you so great. much. Great. And I will talk to you soon, friend. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you gleaned inspiration and encouragement from what Krista shared with us today. Such wisdom, and I love her tips. Can you connect with Krista at doanewthing.com? When you do, you can grab her free resource for my Fears Calling listeners at doanewthing.com slash fears. You can also find her on her Facebook page, Do A New Thing, and her Instagram, Do A New Thing. I'd also love to connect with you, so subscribe to this podcast and hop over to my blog, DaraSwift.com, for inspirational posts. When you subscribe, you'll join my email list and get my newsletter, and I'm offering a free book for you as well, Step Out of Your Doubt and Into Your Calling. All of those links for Krista, as well as my blog and giveaway, are in the episode notes so you can find us. I love the name of Krista's ministry and business, Do A New Thing. It reminds me of Isaiah 43, 19, which says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Friends, sometimes our life and calling can feel dry as a desert, but dry isn't always a bad thing. Remember when the Israelites walked through the Red Sea on dry ground? As if a parted sea wasn't enough to show God's faithfulness, protection, and provision, He made the ground dry so they wouldn't sink, and He made the waters rise up as walls on either side. The water was still there even when the ground was dry. God's plans for your fierce calling are there even in the midst of what feels like a drought. He opens roads otherwise unavailable to us and provides living water to our parched souls. Stay the course and shine your light for Christ in whatever way God leads you. Our lights are all equally as bright, no matter how God uses us. I hope you'll join me next week when I invite another woman to share how she's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.